We'll see if Gary has any new degrees or licenses this week. The man is uh, either working or in class all the time, so he'll join us a little bit later. Cavens Group, disaster response, 13 years in business. They are the very best at what they do. Water extraction, structural drying, emergency response, mold testing, mold removal, mold-free construction, which is also a new service they provide, and crime scene cleanup. You can check them out online at cavensgroup.com in uh, the metro area, 405 573-3048 in Tulsa, Northern Oklahoma, 918-282-7612. And toll-free, remember they service all of Oklahoma, Kansas, North Texas, and Arkansas, 800-584-4437. Parker Thune, how are we doing on this Thursday? Well, Steve, sorry, I had to turn my mic on. I had this board all messed up on this end because I wasn't paying attention. So we're off to a rocking start. You're teaching young journalism students. Come on. I know, man. That was my Dylan Gabriel pick six to start off this show. I started talking, (laughs) and my mic wasn't even on. So hopefully that doesn't set the tone for the rest of the day. It happens. So uh, you missed yesterday. You were talking to T. Rose class. What was your... uh message to those young journalism students yesterday oh gosh steely i went on for 37 minutes you really want me to rehash all of it i just want the bullet points uh, i want the bullet points i took significantly less time than chris plank apparently toby toby said that plank had given the students a filibuster so Mm -hmm. the fact that i kept it under 45 he was pleased with plank obviously has a lot more of a career to look back on than I do, though. So I understand why he needed a bit more time. You know, we all know people like that. I got a good buddy of mine. Don't want to to mention any names, Chris Palmer, that unless you interject, he will not stop. He'll just keep going. I mean, he could go like 12 hours straight. You finally got a buddy and say, yeah, have you thought about this or whatever? (laughs) Uh, You know, it happens. So we all know somebody like that. 37 minutes is pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. How are we feeling now? How is your Thursday bedlam feeling? Would you say extreme confidence, some confidence, no confidence, going to get beat, going to be a long day kind of feeling? What are you thinking? To me, Steely, I think this – it wasn't until I was really doing a deep dive yesterday on Oklahoma State that I came to realize why it is that I feel so confident about the Sooners heading up to Stillwater on Saturday. And it is because the game plan is very, very simple. You just got to do your best to mitigate Ollie Gordon's impact, and you got to start fast because if you race out to a first-quarter lead on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, you put a couple touchdown drives on the board, this is not a team that's engineered to play from behind, Steely. The largest deficit the Pokes have overcome all year is eight points, and generally – when the bread and butter of your offensive attack is the running back, that's going to be the case. You're going to be far more geared to playing with a lead than playing from a deficit. So I would like to see the Sooners come out Saturday and make an effort to run away from the pokes in the first quarter because if you can establish the tempo, you can successfully hit on a few deep shots down the field, you can put points on the board with your first few drives – I truly believe at that point you can get this team to fold. By the way, uh, I want to play a clip here. This is uh, my favorite clip of the week. 
And, uh, you know, I have, as I've said, three podcasts that I listen to all the time. One is you guys on OU Insider. Um, I always listen to the Oklahoma Breakdown, which is tremendous with Teddy and Gabe. I mean, they've been there, done that. They can break it down, you know, like nobody else. And then there's one more that I won't mention. But um, Dusty Dvorak on uh, with Gabe and Teddy said this the other day on the Oklahoma Breakdown. By the way, they're also sponsored by Riverwind Casino. Nice job. And uh, Dusty broke it down fairly simply. He said that the Sooners' main thing, man, you've got to get more physical. I mean, Oklahoma's got to find a way to be that team they were in Dallas against Texas. You know, you got to be more disciplined. and We can talk game plan. And I, I do want to see them, you know, Jeff Levy, be more aggressive, take shots on this defense. But, like, football's not that complicated. And Oklahoma showed up in Dallas with an edge, with an intensity, with the physicality, and it's why they won the game. I mean, plain and simple. And they have not shown up the last two games with that same level. I thought Kansas had that against Oklahoma. I thought that was the difference in the game. I thought Kansas was a more physical football team. And I truly believe we're going to XO break down this game and we can talk about the gap schemes they're running with Ollie Gordon and what they're doing. It's going to come down to who's the more physical team and what can this staff do? What can the leaders on this Oklahoma team do this week in practice and in preparation so that Saturday when they show up, they play with a similar mindset, edge, and physicality they had in Texas. If they can get back to that, they're going to be tough to beat and they're going to have a great chance to achieve their goals. If they can't, they're going to be in not just a dogfight Saturday, but more dogfights throughout the rest of the season. There you go. And uh, Dusty will be on the call this weekend, 2.30 ABC. Can't wait for Bedlam. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. But uh, I like that comment, Parker, because we were all so impressed with the Sooners. And, yes, they gave up 500 yards. I thought they, they got a little bit tired down the stretch in the Cotton Bowl. Jonathan Brooks ripped off a long run. But the Sooners had answers. And uh, the testament to that physicality was on the goal line stand. And for the majority of the day, the Sooners won the physical battle against the Texas offensive line that's fairly highly touted against the defensive line. That's got a lot of highly uh, recruited players on that front, and Oklahoma won the battle. And I think a lot of us were thinking, yeah, man, we'll see. Can Oklahoma match up in the trenches? And they more than did that. But, man, we haven't seen that since the Cotton Bowl. Well, and you want to. We'll see if it comes out Saturday. You want to talk about Oklahoma beating Oklahoma, Steely. You've seen that play out very tangibly in two particular instances across the last couple of games because you go back to the Texas game and we were all enamored with the goal line stand, right? That felt like Brent Venable's defense officially arriving. Well, the Sooners had another goal line stand against UCF or what would have been another goal line stand. Mm-hmm. Until Jaron Car- until Jaron Canick, excuse me, was yep. penalized for unsportsmanlike conduct, which reset the the chains for UCF, gave him a fresh set of downs and allowed him to punch it in. Same thing last week against Kansas. The Sooners make a red zone stop, have the Jayhawks uh, setting up for a fourth and goal on the one until a flag comes out on Reggie Pearson for targeting, and you can, you know, I, everybody has their opinions on that call. It's a highly subjective call. I find it odd that a call that is already subjective can be re- reviewed because at that point it just makes it even more subjective. Regardless, Reggie Pearson gets flagged for targeting. 
Kansas gets a new set of downs. They punch it in as well. That's Oklahoma getting in their own way right there, Steely. When you got chances to stop the opponent in the red zone and penalties kill you, you're shooting yourself in the foot with penalties, that can't happen. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what did Brent talk about at the outset of the season? One of the biggest issues a year ago when you go 6-7 and seven, was Oklahoma beating Oklahoma. And uh, the last couple of weeks, Oklahoma nearly beat Oklahoma in the UCF game, and Oklahoma clearly beat Oklahoma in the Kansas game. Now, I'm not, I'm not taking anything really away from KU. I mean, they made plays. Sooners didn't, but uh, the Sooners played – uh, really, really bad football, and I don't. I don't think Kansas even played like their A game either. But the Sooners just—it uh, it was a comedy of errors at times. And you mentioned Gave Reggie Pearson; he's going to miss the first half, obviously, of Bedlam because of that call. That's right. I forgot about that. I realized it in the moment, but I had it, hadn't considered it throughout the week up until now. Yeah, you're without Reggie Pearson, so. Obviously, I think Danny Stutzman's health is paramount. Him and Tawi no Walker doubt. are the two that Oklahoma fans are most concerned about heading into Bedlam. But also, if you're down Reggie Pearson, you'd like to have Peyton Bowen at full strength because Robert Spears Jennings is capable, Key Lawrence is capable, but Peyton Bowen offers you the most upside. And I would say is pound for pound the best option to replace Reggie Pearson in the back end of that Oklahoma secondary. Yeah, and he's had an ankle issue as well. So uh, we'll see, man. The ankle problems for Oklahoma are very problematic. And uh, is it a you know, Smitty issue? I, I no, I think it's just a bad luck you issue more than anything else. You know, we're going to get that take else. at some oh, point yeah. on the tech side. Working them too oh, hard. Smitty. So uh, we'll see. Sooner's still a six-point favorite, and uh, 10.30 for our pregame show Saturday right here on the Ref Can't Wait. Should be a heck of a football game. We have some college football tonight, by the way. TCU at Tech. Everything runs through Lubbock. Uh, we'll see. Tonight, 6 p.m., FS1. Tech off to a, a sizzling 3-5, and 2-3 and three in the league start so far. Uh, we also have Wake Forest at Duke tonight 6 30 on espn so a lot of things going on all right hour number one also presented by lasher home comfort systems 405-579-3113 for lasher home comfort systems they will do great work for you tim lasher great sooner great company probably need to get that furnace looked at because uh, the wintry weather is on the way we've had some cold temps in the mornings and overnight it's only a matter of time for it gets really cold all the time 405 405- 579-3113, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. All right, uh, let's hear from Bob Stoops when we get back and to talk more about the battle game. So much to cover, man. You had the Rangers winning the World Series, first World Series win in 52 years in Arlington. Uh, you had the uh, Thunder blowing a 22-point lead last night. And the passing of Bob Knight. This guy was such a big part of my childhood. I want to talk about some stories that I know about Bob Knight, I think you'll find interesting. We'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Mainly Bedlam football, of course, and your texts, 405-651-3439 on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. Coming right back here on The Ref. Here at Cabin's Group on a Thursday, a couple days out from Bedlam, 2.30 Saturday on ABC, the Sooners still listed as a six-point favorite. 
And we do have some college football again tonight. TCU and Tech, 6 p.m. on FS1 tonight. Wake Forest to Duke, 6.30 on ESPN. Congrats to those uh, long-suffering Rangers fans. They win the World Series in five games, 5 to nothing over Arizona last night. To uh, all those Rangers fans out there, finally, finally getting it done. Lost the 2010 World Series to the Giants in five games. Uh, lost in 2011 to the Cardinals in that heartbreaker in seven games, but getting it done last night. And, again, the Rangers won 11 straight road games in the postseason. Felt like when they won those two in Houston in the ALCS that they were uh, destined. But the Diamondbacks looked kind of like a team of destiny, too. But the Rangers win. They get it done. Bruce Boshi wins his fourth World Series championship. Corey Seager, MVP. And uh, the Rangers get it done. Just a great, great experience for Rangers fans last night. All right, Sooners and Oklahoma State, 2.30 this Saturday. Momentum coming into this game. Cowboys have a lot of it. The Sooners have squandered momentum from the Cotton Bowl. You know, they did get the win over UCF, but it certainly wasn't pretty. They went to KU last week. They get beat. So the Cowboys coming in with all the momentum. And, again, as Parker alluded to in the first segment, question marks about, you know, Danny Stutzman, Tawi Walker, you know, it looks like Gentry Williams is going to be good to go. How effective can he be? Is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be 80%? We'll find out. What about Peyton Bowen? Uh, but the injury situation certainly has become a problem for the Sooners coming into this game. Bob Stoops on the rush earlier in the week was asked about momentum and how big of a deal it is uh, coming into a game of this magnitude trying to respond after a tough loss. No, everybody wants to make – you know, every week there's, well, you came off a big win. Now you're off a big loss. You're going away. It doesn't matter. You're going to go play. You know what I mean? So, to me, the best teams are the ones who just consistently win or lose. They get zeroed in, you know, each week. It's a long season. It isn't just two games or three games. You know, you got 12 regular season games, so you you better be ready to play. And you have a you have a week to come off of a win or off of a loss and be prepared to play. And that's the bottom line. You just do, you invest in the week and make sure you're, when you take the field, you're at your best. I love a lot of the Bob responses to these questions because he breaks it down so simply. Basically, it's like, ah, oh, that's a load of BS. <laughs> you know, and then he goes into why pretty much every week. It's great. I love it. But, you know, We've talked about Parker and a lot of Sooner fans, you know, this roster is better than Oklahoma State's, and it is. But is it a better football team than Oklahoma State right now? We'll find out come Saturday. And, again, I think injuries for Oklahoma are going to be crucial. They've got to tackle well. I mean, clearly, Ollie Gordon, you give him a crease, uh, you arm tackle that guy, it's not going to work. And if Stutzman doesn't play – you got Jaron Kanick out there. I don't know who's the like the ringleader of the defense. We saw Key Lawrence last week was pretty vocal. Danny Stutzman was clearly the uh, the vocal leader out there. And you know that Danny Stutzman, if he thinks there's any way he can play, he's going to be out there, at least at the start of the game. But Kanick, you know, great athlete, can run. He's got everything you look for, tremendous athletic ability, but he has a tendency to get lost. So, uh, you know, defensively, it's going to be really interesting to see if Danny Stutzman tries to play and can't play what it could look like. Yeah, if you don't have Danny Stutzman, then Kip Lewis is probably going to need to play the game of his life. And yep. obviously he hasn't 
he hasn't played a game yet at Oklahoma where he's seen over 20 snaps, to my recollection. I think the most snaps he's played all year was the 20 that he played against SMU. He had a career high in tackles that day with nine. So he's capable of getting around. I expect we'll see a decent amount of him this weekend, whether or not Stutzman plays. Uh, Softball Steve on the text line says, we need a lot of edge rushing on Sloman. Get in his backfield, wreak some havoc. Yeah, and again, I don't want to say that Alan Bowman is completely immobile. He's not. He can he can you know move around a little bit, but he's certainly not Jason Bean. And we saw what happened last year in the last week. Rather, Jason Bean went in untouched. He, he has really good wheels. Bowman is more. Um, I don't know. 1988 Buick LeSabre or something uh, that still runs. That's highly specific, but, but very, I, very good comparison. You know, me, the, the car expert, but, yeah, certainly the uh, the quarterback run game and the uh, threat of Bowman taking off to run, uh, you know, on that scale it's about a three. With Jason Bean, it was up in the 8-5 range or more. Blacktop Billy says, the loss last week makes me feel better about a victory this week. Tell me why, Blacktop Billy. Elaborate. A little bit. I would love to riff off that text, but tell me why first. Uh, I think there's a consensus out there. Well, maybe not a consensus, but a lot of people who just think Oklahoma surely can't play like this three games in a row, right? And I don't know. You know, Brent was talking about answering that question that John Hoover asked about, you know, is there a little bit of a Texas hangover, too much celebration? And Brent said, I don't know. You know, did you see the four straight stops we had defensively against UCF? Which got Oklahoma out to a seven to nothing lead when it should have been, you know, seventeen to nothing or twenty one to nothing. Instead, UCF still has a little bit of life. They make a couple plays, all of a sudden you're in a ball game. So maybe that's the feeling is that surely Oklahoma can't play down to this level three weeks in a row. We have an Oklahoma State fan on the text line. This listener okay. who comes from up in the nine one eight says, Ha Stop Ollie and Bowman with backups on a defense that's given up a ton of yards with starters. Wounded Stutzman, you're shaking in your boots. Who's shaking? I don't wear boots. But, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly if I'm an Oklahoma State fan, that's the way I'm feeling right now. You know, you, you're feeling confident. you got some swagger coming into this game. So we'll see. That's why I think, again, and maybe we overstate this because we say it, you know, in some of these big games a lot. Getting off to a good start is crucial here. But I, I just think in this game, again, for Oklahoma, they got to get a little confidence back, man. I'm not saying they've lost all of it or maybe even much of it. But clearly, you know, if they take, a, you know, an Ollie, Ollie Gordon 75-yard touchdown run in the first couple minutes of the game, and that crowd, which is already going to be into it, is going to be even more into it, if that's possible, then uh, things are going to be really tough. So we'll see. Softball Steve texted in again. This one is in all caps. i got to read it in the all caps voice. It's going to get nasty Saturday, and I don't mean the weather. Pokes might have Ollie G, but OU's got DG, who's a better QB than Sloman. DG faster on his feet for sure. <laughs> Sloman. Pretty good, Softball Steve. Yeah, if you're Oklahoma, do you basically start throwing the ball to set up the run? Uh, I, I, we'll see. 
I did hear in the, uh, you know, Gabe and Teddy talking about that. Guess what? The jet sweep's probably going to be part of the package because they believe attacking Oklahoma State on the edge is the uh, the better thing to do in the run game. So, <laughs> the uh, like I said, if the, the first jet sweep, I have a feeling, is either going to be completely stuffed for a five-yard loss or go like 75 yards for a touchdown, one or the other. Uh. The listener in the A32 says, where has PJ been the last few weeks? He was getting better and better each week, but the last two weeks I haven't really heard his name called or talked about. It's interesting because the last two weeks, and you can throw in the Texas game as well, he's really only been in the game on money downs. Like, the Sooners face a big, or rather the opposing offense faces a big third or fourth down situation. PJ has trotted onto the field, but save for those scenarios – we have not really seen much of PJ. I just got one uh, texted to me on my phone, and uh, we've got a minute or so in this segment, so let me answer. Uh, we'll get your answer to this. How many sooner running backs hit the portal in the offseason? What's the over and under? How many hit the portal this offseason? Mm hmm. 0.5. Over. One, one and a half. Is that where you set the over under? So we're I mean, talking, that's just the, the nature of college football right now. Yeah, man, right? yeah, no, 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 no. There will be there will be a substantial number of players that enter the transfer portal. We're talking like you're not going to have a hundred percent retention. That's borderline impossible. I'm trying to figure because I'd almost have to go player by player through the roster in my head to figure what the odds are of each of them entering the transfer portal individually is. But I, I would expect we'll see several in the transfer portal this offseason. That's just the nature of the beast these days. Yeah, no doubt. All right, here at Cavens Group, they are the very best at what they do. Disaster response, water extraction, structural drying, emergency response, mold testing, mold removal. They're also doing now a new service, mold-free construction. Crime scene cleanup, they're the very best in the business. Check them out online at cavensgroup.com. Coming right back, Gary will join us. More of your texts on the way, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is uh, lighting up, as it always is, and we'll get to more of those as well. Keep it here on the ref. We are back here at a great place, Cavens. Uh, cons- I almost said it, Gary. Cavens Group. Cavens Group. It's a great group, too. The very best of what they do, this group, Cavens Group. Disaster response. And uh, I am looking at one of your new services, and it is mold-free construction. I am guessing that means you build something that's going to be uh, keep the mold out and keep it mold-free. That sounds pretty you don't want mold, so that sounds like a great service. It is. It's a new service that we're doing. It's uh, something new in our industry, and we're really excited about it. Um, and basically what it is is we come in, we consult through the building process with the homeowners or the building owner, and we kind of become a rep for them. We can also work for builders, too, if they'd like us to. But what we do is we any wood frame structures, whether it's apartment complexes or retirement homes or it's a, a home that you're building or a custom home you're building, for years and years and years, people have gotten rain on the wood and mold has started to grow. Well, then builders close it up. 
they put windows in, they put the sheetrock up, and they close this mold in these walls, and it lays dormant for years. And then let's say you get a roof leak or you get a siding leak or you get a window leak or you get a, a door leak or something like that, and that water gets in there. Well, then it reactivates that mold and it starts growing and it becomes an outbreak uh, behind the walls. And uh, I'm working on a project right now where that has happened. And it's a commercial project, and there's the builder just let everything get wet, let everything mold grow on it, and now this whole building has dormant in the wall. So every time you cut into the wall on this new building, it's got mold. And, um, you know, and this is something that can be easily prevented on the front end. You know, if you have a, a team like us, our investigative team, come in and consult and come in and look at it before it's dried in, before the sheetrock goes up and the insulation goes in there, um, we can prevent this from happening because, we number one, we can help. We have special things we can do to prevent mold in the future if it's going to be a wet environment place from the get-go. Um, but there's also things we can do to treat it and get rid of the mold before the walls are closed up and then it's encapsulated in the walls until somebody cuts a hole in the wall. Wow, that sounds kind of scary. It sounds like a, a bad drive-in movie in a world where mold lies dormant. You know, it can come back. Here it is again. But so are you saying, let's say, I want to start construction on a new home and I can call you guys to consult with the crew that's building the home, whatever home company it is, and you can go out there and make sure that they're doing it in a way where you won't have to worry about mold. That's correct. We're, we're, I'm not saying that you can never, that there might ever be mold at your property. What I'm saying is, is a lot of times, and that's a great question, a lot of times this day and age and in the past, uh, builders have closed up mold under the walls. And what we're trying to do is prevent that. We're trying to prevent there being a mold issue from day one of you taking over the property, um, we're trying to prevent that from happening. There you so go. Uh, we're just trying to prevent it, make sure it's a healthy environment for your kids, healthy environment for your family, healthy environment for your employees, healthy environment for your tenants, healthy environment for you. And by having us come in and do inspections through the building process and making sure that they're not closing in mold in walls, that it's actually being dealt with on the front end, we're saving you money. Uh, we're saving you a headache when you're in the property, whether it's a business or a home. And we're preventing the stuff from going on. And it's it's a new service. Um, it's new to the industry. Um, we're excited to be a part of it. And it's something that can really benefit a lot of people in the big picture. And we service the whole state of Oklahoma. That That's kind of frightening, actually, that I, I had no idea that it happened. Like, what are they? They what? They box the mold in? It's still here? What? It can come back? No. So and it call Cabins. Call Cabins, and they'll get you taken care of. Uh, here in uh, the metro area, 405-573-3048. Uh, up north, Tulsa area, 918-282-7612. Toll free, 800-594-4437. And their website, Cabins Group, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavinsGroup.com. You're also getting a lot more active on social media. You've got, uh, you, I mean, you're doing these instructional videos too. So, yeah, we're gonna see, you're gonna start seeing a lot more videos of the type of equipment, the investment in the type of equipment we have because we have the best equipment in the industry in Oklahoma. Um, we even have better equipment than probably all the national chains that have set up shop in Oklahoma. 
Cayman's team has the best equipment, the best trained teams, um, bar none. We're just the best in Oklahoma at what we do when it comes to water, mold, storm damage, crime scene, fire. We're the, we're, we do an outstanding job, and we have we put our money where our mouth is. Yes, you do. Uh, sports analogy, yes. Uh, Cabins is like a, a Titleist Pro B1, and the other companies are like using a top flight. And That's go. right. You don't want to do that. You don't want to use a top flight. And don't forget about us. We're getting into the water season, broken pipes, broken water supply lines to toilets, hot water tanks, groundwater intrusion. Our water team has the best equipment. We have the best trucks, We and we have the – you know, just the, the equipment to get you dried out and make sure mold doesn't happen. There you go. Gary, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. The one, the only, Gary Cabins. Uh, we have time for a few texts here, 405-651. More than a few, I think. we got about five minutes here in the segment, 405-651-3439. From the Let's 580, Jet Sweep sounds like another name for mullet. Makes sense. Gundy rocks it on the sideline and on the field. Mike Gundy is three and fifteen as a coach, and three and nineteen overall in Bedlam. I've always said this at Oklahoma State: you're not expected to beat Oklahoma in football. Now, it doesn't mean you should be three and fifteen, but um, you know, it's just Oklahoma has been the historically better program and a blue blood program. And Mike Gundy has done a fantastic job at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's program is, you know, in a very good spot with him. But, you know, I know that he gets ragged on for that Bedlam record a lot, and it probably should be a little bit better. And think about one of those was the uh, the uh, Tyreek Hill punt game. But, uh, man, the job he's done this year, that team we were looking at like, man, that might be the worst team in the league. And now if they get a win Saturday against the Sooners, you go to UCF, you go to Houston, and then you finish at home against BYU. You've got everything right out there. That's why this this game is gigantic. Oklahoma season hinges on this game. Oklahoma State, again, they win this game. The Cowboys win. They've got a great path to Arlington. And nobody would have thought that after the uh, South, South Alabama beatdown. Leatherneck Sooner says, OU is about to pummel the Cowboys. The last two games woke them up, I think. They come out aggressive and fast with 14 offensive points and 14 defensive points. A good pummeling. The Sooners, uh, the let's see, they had uh, there was a pummeling of Arkansas State and a pummeling of Tulsa, and a somewhat of a pummeling against Iowa State. But they haven't pummeled in a while since uh, Dallas was down to the wire. Great, great, great win, but. Uh, I would be surprised this one didn't go down to the wire. We'll see. Ronnie Crimson says, I'm just hoping that Levy and the Jets and RPO Speedwagon don't make another appearance this weekend. Well, what is the over and under on jet sweeps this weekend? Two and a half? You want to set it there? That feels like a good over under. Two and a half. Like I said, Teddy and Gabe were talking about it and, uh, you know, speculating that one of the best ways they thought to attack the Oklahoma State defense was attacking the edge. So, Levy and the Jets maybe in concert again. We'll see. Another listener in the 405 says, Steely crushing on Oklahoma State again? Is he wearing orange today? <laughs> Listen, all right, here's what I did. 
Okay, I have not made my official Bedlam pick yet in the Ref Royal Rumble. That was a strategic pick, okay? That is to negate potential post-game anger and get out of the cellar. I've got to make a bold move to make something happen here, all right? I haven't made my official pick yet. I heard (laughs) T-Row again this morning. What's going on with Pistol Pete and Thune at noon? All right, I haven't made my pick. Here, do you want me to do this when I make my pick? You, you have just want made me, your pick, Steve. I have you picked not Oklahoma State. Officially you made picked them twice. a pick. You locked I have not them. Officially made the pick, okay? Do you want me if I think Oklahoma's not gonna win a game, do you want me to just lie to you? Is that what you want me to so do? So what you're saying a few people out there, do so you what want you're me saying to just is tell you don't you, think Oklahoma's gonna win this game? Is that what you're I, telling me right now? I have not made my pick yet. What worries me more than anything else is Stutzman and Tommy Walker, their status. Can I, can I make my pick when we find out if they're playing or not? I mean, we're probably not going to find out till right before the game. I know. Maybe I'll pick right before the game. But it's like, who was dogging me yesterday? They don't believe in this team. You're not picking <laughs> Do you want me? Look. I'm about as big a Sooner Homer as a fan as you can get. Born and raised in Norman, been going to games since the 70s. But if I legit don't think that they're going to win a game, and this doesn't mean I've made my pick, but should I just lie to you to appease the fan base? I mean, we'll see. I will make my pick on Friday. Or once I hear Chris Plank say, yeah, Danny Stutzman looks great out here. Tommy Walker's out here. They're both good to go. Maybe I'll make my pick then, so we'll see. All right, 405-651-3439. I, and look, Just if a I reminder. Up, if I pick OSU, I'll eat Crow again. I haven't made my official uh, ref okay. pick uh, yet. Okay. Well, Steve, I ain't just, Crow on Texas. Just right? a reminder, nobody made you lock in your picks for the ref Royal Rumble prior to Saturday's. Nobody made you double down on Oklahoma State. On Sunday, well, I saw that six and a half. I I know. I thought, man, it's probably going to go down a little bit from there. I'm I'm going to lock in on that six and a half. It's a move to get out of the cellar. That's what it is. Do I sound like a politician right now? Desperation is what it is. Do I sound like a politician? Maybe a little bit. All right, let's break right here. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. We've got a lot more texts rolling in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Thursday here at Cavens Group. Stay with us right here. Don't forget, 1030 pregame show for Bedlam Saturday right here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans. Here at Cavens on a Thursday, getting closer to uh, Sooners and the Cowboys in uh, what's going to be the final Bedlam in football for a while, 230 ABC. Sooners still a six-point favorite. Our pregame show begins at 1030. Saturday morning right here on the ref. All right, 405-651-3439. All right, on this picks controversy, and again, the Royal Rumble pick was made to try and make a dramatic move to get out of the cellar. The official pick has not been made yet. And here's the deal. Parker, who is in DFL dead frickin' last in the ref Royal Rumble? Well, it's, it's you, Steely. That's right. So if you're a Sooner fan and I do end up picking OSU, you want to thank me. Really doing some mental gymnastics here to try and justify this. I don't want you to come after me, and you should thank me 
for picking the pokes. If I pick the pokes, haven't picked the pokes yet. Might pick the pokes. May no, not pick no, the pokes. you haven't picked the pokes. You've just happened to choose them as both your lock and upset for the week in the rumble. You could have doubled down on anybody else, any other underdog of greater than five points. You could have doubled down on. What is it about this game? This game is a strategic move that I have. To, I've got to swing for the fences here in the Ref Royal Rumble. All right. And this move, brilliantly executed by me, if the Cowboys win the game, there's going to be a, a, a lot of disappointment in the Steely household. And you know, I'm just, you guys know, I, I'm an OU grad, born and raised in Norman. Shay's a huge OU fan. Her grandfather played for Benny Owen. All right? So there will be some anger at Shea Stadium. This would negate 5 to 10% of that anger. Well, at least I got out of the cellar in the Royal Rumble. You buying that? Uh, no, I don't buy that. Okay. I don't, that's, yeah. I don't see how it's worth uh, 5 to 10% less anger. Uh, do you want to hear from the text line? The no, text line because is having a field every, day. Every Billy Bob in America is going to come after me. Ain't got to believe in the Sooner, Steely. I mean, I, it, that's what it's going to be now. Uh, Doug and Norman says, I'm with you, Steely. Hold your ground against that whippersnapper. So you got Doug behind you at the very Doug least. from Norman's with me? Doug from Norman is with you. Doug, thank you. I am giving you right now through the radio a fist bump. Thank you very much. Trey Dissident is also on your side. He says, Steely clearly knows OU is a very <laughs> overrated team that lost to Kansas. I didn't say they're an overrated team, but right now they're wounded and the Cowboys are out for blood. They're playing better. But, but, I underline the word but. The Sooners, if these two teams come out and play to their best ability, Oklahoma wins this game. But we haven't seen Oklahoma play really good. Well, I mean, the goal line stand again, uh, the, uh, the first four possessions against UCF, the defense was tremendous. But other than that, it's been pretty pretty ragged. Sooner Man on the text line says, I call equine defecation. <laughs> All right. I like that. You go ahead. Come after me. But that's done very well. I like that. Yes, that is I'm, I'm only reading the creative. funny ones. I'm not, I'm not going to read the hillbilly ones. I'll read the funny ones. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, Blacktop Billy says, Mike, you're going to get poked in the eye if you keep that crap up. <laughs> uh, another listener says, Steely going to get his derriere kicked by uncle. It could happen. It could happen. I remember there was a, there was an OU fan who came after me in New Orleans on the pregame because I had picked LSU to win that game, the Nick Saban team. And my thought process was, number one, Oklahoma just got beat, right, by Kansas State. What was it, 35-7 in the Big 12 championship game? LSU was having its first chance to win a national title in, like, what, 50 years or whatever it was, playing the game in New Orleans. Now, the Sooners had a great shot to win that game, but LSU did win it. Uh, But there was a dude there who was so angry at me, I think he wanted to fight me. I had to have my security team uh, remove him. Actually, I didn't, but I remember he was very angry. Boomer Gooner says, Steely for KREF public enemy number one. Buy him some <laughs> orange for his public tarring later. Hey, welcome back to Pistol Pete and Thune at Noon. 
Uh, Big Ray Kinawasa says, leave Steely alone. He's a man. He's 60. That's right. That's exactly right. Blue of Green Country says, Steely, just say you're picking a close game and the OU kicker gets vindicated by kicking a game-winning field goal. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? You know, Tim Lasher would tell you that he had missed a couple kicks early in his career where people were saying, this Lasher, dude. And it really all started for him with that Bedlam kick in 83 when Tim Lasher became the real Tim Lasher, one of the most clutch kickers in Sooner history. And uh, the Cowboys thought they had that game won. You know, they had to get the onside kick off Chris Rockin's uh, face mask when uh, uh, Tim Lasher at Switzer, I think, had called off or not. It wasn't an onside kick call. Somebody else, I don't know who else was involved, but there was confusion. Lasher went ahead with the onside kick, goes off Chris Rockin's face, Sooners recover, and they end up winning the game. Um, that was, and I remember there was a reporter at Channel 9, sports reporter named Ronald Clark, and his, I think like his first or second question to Switzer, because it was televised locally on Channel 9, was where is Marcus Dupree? Because Marcus Dupree had left after the Texas game. Crazy times back in the day. All right, we got to get out of here. We want to thank Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring hour number one here on Steel Man and Thune. And we've got another award-winning hour here from Cavens Group coming up on this Thursday. Keep it here on The Ref. And we're going to keep talking, going to keep talking. Here at the one and only Cabins Group, they are the best in the business at what they do. Disaster response, over 13 years in the business, water extraction, structural drying, emergency response, mold testing, mold removal, mold-free construction, a new service they offer, crime scene cleanup. Here in uh, the metro area, 405-573-3048. In uh, northern Oklahoma, in the Tulsa area, 918-282-7612, toll-free. That number is 800-594-4437, online at Cavens Group, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavensGroup.com. Riverwind Casino, Beats and Bites, was uh, great. We uh, finished up with the uh, Gin Blossoms and Tonic recently, and now it's all about indoors, you know, the weather. Get a little chillier out there. So we've got great shows coming up at the Showplace Theater one week from tonight. Aaron Lewis on the Showplace Theater stage over at Riverwind Casino. Flatland Cavalry on the 10th, a week from tomorrow night. Justin Moore, November 18th in December. The comedy of Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live, December 3rd. You've got Lee Bryce, December 15th. Ron White, December 30th. Midland with a great show happening on New Year's Eve at the Showplace Theater. And then as we usher in 2024, Boys to Men, comedian Joe Coy, and in February, Scotty McCreary. And believe me, many more to come. We already had Earth, Wind, and Fire, Chicago, REO Speedwagon, Foreigner, Counting Crows, Collective Soul. Great shows to bring back to Showplace Theater. So great to have the Showplace back. We will be out at Riverwind tomorrow uh, for our Friday, OEC Fiber Football Friday broadcast. Uh, Plank's going to be out there. I'm going to be out there. Teddy's going to be out there. Always love being out at the one and only Riverwind Casino with Justin and the crew out there. All right. Um, we're going to get right back to Bedlam. But yesterday, 
I got to tell you, this one hit me pretty hard. Bob B. Knight passing away at 83. Bob Knight, as he was later known. He was Bobby for a long time. Then he kind of got older and became Bob Knight. But, you know, as big a college football fan as I was growing up, I loved all sports. I mean, I never got into hockey, obviously, because we didn't have anything like that around here until the Blazers came around. But college football, OU football was number one on my list. Number two, college basketball. And Bob Knights was an icon of my childhood on into, uh, you know, adulthood and everything else. I can still remember watching the 76 Indiana team undefeated, last undefeated team in college basketball, winning that championship in 76. I can remember 1981, Isaiah Thomas led them to the championship. Uh, 87, his third national championship, Keith Smart with the jumper against Syracuse. Uh, Bob Knight won a national title as a player at Ohio State for Fred Taylor uh, on that 1960 Buckeye team that had uh, Jerry Lucas. Uh, So, you know, three national titles as a head coach, one as a player. Uh, Coach of the 1984 gold medal winning U.S. Olympic basketball team that had Michael Jordan and Wayman Tisdale and others. Um, I mean, super accomplished. You talk about Motion offense, man-to-man help defense, Bob Knight was a legend, an absolute legend. But he was also the most enigmatic, hard-to-figure sports personality, I think, that I can remember in my lifetime. Because this guy, his hero is General Patton. He was old school, man. He also loved Douglas MacArthur. He was big on the book, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. He was a military strategist, read all of that stuff. The guy was brilliant with history. And, again, a tremendous basketball coach for a long period. But he also had a ton of controversies. Fired at Indiana, choked Neil Reed, stuffed an LSU fan in a trash can, which I was very much in favor of that. Told, told Connie Chung in an interview, quote, if rape is inevitable, relax and enjoy it. Assaulted a Puerto Rican policeman at the Pan Am Games. Got into a confrontation with the Texas Tech AD at a Lubbock salad bar and later chased him down the street. You talk about a guy, you know, there was a lot of boorish behavior in there from Bob Knight. But the guy was a great coach. And I can remember Kelvin Sampson uh, telling me that one of the great things that he was very proud of when he was a coach at Washington State is that Bobby Knight somewhat took Kelvin under his wing because he invited, I think it was his 1993 Washington State team to come play in the Indiana Classic. They always had a tournament, the Indiana Classic in Bloomington, then they had the Hoosier Classic um, in Indianapolis. But Knight wanted to play against teams that played good defense against coaches that he thought were up and coming and that he respected. So, you know, he called up Kelvin Sampson, liked the way your team plays, doing a heck of a job, come play in our tournament. That always meant a bunch to uh, to Kelvin Sampson. And then you had the Hollis, Wright, Hollis Price jumper against Knight's Texas Tech team in the Lloyd Noble Center where the Sooners got a little bit of a uh, favor from the clock operator. Knight was convinced it was all rigged, and I don't know if they ever made up. 
and it wasn't on Kelvin's end, but I know he didn't speak to Kelvin Sampson ever again after that. Now, again, maybe they did make up later in life, and I don't know about it, but I can remember that. That was a big deal, and I know that was uh, that was tough on Kelvin Sampson because he had a lot of admiration for Bob Knight, and again, when he was a young coach at Washington State, Knight invited, you know, and said, come play in the Indiana Classic at Assembly Hall. We'd love to have you. Talk about how much he respected the job that he was doing as a young coach and really uh, liked what he saw from his team. You know, for as much horrible behavior that was out there, you also have guys who swear by Bobby Knight. I got to know Abe Lemons a little bit, you know, later in his life before he got Parkinson's disease. And many of you know, you know, Abe was at OCU. He was at Texas. He had the rivalry with Eddie Sutton. When um, Eddie was at uh, Arkansas and Abe Lemons was, was at Texas, still the funniest guy in a press conference, Abe Lemons. And nobody else is in the same ballpark. And I thought Billy was great, and there's some other coaches who were really good. Abe Lemons could have been a stand-up comedian. It just came naturally. Anyway, Abe was pretty really close with Bobby Knight. And before Abe got Parkinson's, I remember going over to do a story with Abe you know, we were talking about the Eddie and uh, and the uh, you know his rivalry in the Southwest Conference, and uh, Knight was in the news, and I had asked him about Bobby Knight, and he went on and on and on and on about Bobby Knight, and, that, and he called him Bobby. He said, "I can remember him telling me, quote, you'll never find a friend better than Bobby Knight.'" And uh, later. Uh, there was some, I can't remember what the deal is that we were doing something for Abe later in his life, and uh, he was a fan of Knight, and I can't remember if somebody needed a picture or whatever. But anyway, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna call Bobby Knight. I'm gonna call Bob Knight. He was at Tech at the time. I was still at the other radio station, and Knight's very intimidating. I can remember, man. You know this call. He could light me up. You know for calling him. But I took a chance. Got through the secretary. I remember him picking up the phone. Mike, Coach Knight, how are you? You know, never talked to the guy before. I explained my situation. We were trying to get something for Abe later in his life that he could provide for us. And Knight said, let me stop you right there. You know, I'll do anything for Abe Lemons. So Knight came through, could have been nicer. I remember kind of thinking, oh, my gosh, that was just one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to. But it was his respect and admiration for Abe Lemons. And, again, I can still see Abe and hear Abe saying, you'll never find a better friend than Bobby Knight. Johnny Bench, Oklahoma legend, big hunting buddy of Bobby Knight's. Hunting with Bobby Knight, really close, swears by Bobby Knight as a person. But it it was such a contradiction. Uh, Let's play the first clip here, Parker, which was the classic Knight's uh, (laughs) – Right there at Assembly Hall. Uh, this is one of the best night clips, of course, and I've, you've all heard of it. Let's play it one more time. This is the classic one right here. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my <laughs> Was he trying to rap there? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, we could have put a beat to that, Parker. But here's the other one. This clip's a little bit shaky, but I just remember it's not the best audio quality. I tried to clean it up as much as I could. 
But I remember the movie Anger Management, Adam Sandler, Jack Nicholson, and I remember when I saw the trailer for that movie, oh, my gosh, they put Bob Knight in Anger Management, classic. So, again, this audio is not the best. You'll be able to hear it, but this was Bob Knight uh, in the movie Anger Management where Adam Sandler walks into his first uh, group therapy session to get a hold of his anger, and uh, Bob Knight is sitting there in the meeting room. Let's roll that one real quick. Oh, my goodness. Bobby Knight, you're in this group? Oh, yeah, this is my first day. It's my first day also. I hope this class cures me. Working on the anger problem? Anger? Isn't this Sexaholics Anonymous? Oh, no. I think that's down the hall. Well, the hell with this. I'm going home. Oh, he was so deadpan. Such a great, great scene. So anyway, I don't know that there's – it's so weird the way I feel about Bob Knight because in many ways he was an absolute jerk. But he also graduated like 98% of his players. He made them accountable. He was tough on a man. He choked Neil Reed, went way over the line, slapped J.O.B. Hall upside the head in an Indiana-Kentucky game. He said it was playful, a playful slap. But, you know, it's just such a mixed legacy. But in terms of basketball coaching, he's up there, man. He's up with the best. And uh, ironically, of course, he was Coach K's coach at West Point. Another story. When Duke beat Indiana in the Final Four one year, Knight wouldn't speak to Coach K for a while. Didn't congratulate him or anything, just walked by a handshake, and Coach K was devastated by that, absolutely devastated by it. They did patch things up later on, but uh, anyway, just a huge, huge, huge part of my childhood. And that one for me, and if you're my age, probably hits you, you know. That's my man, Bobby Knight. We knew that he was, you know, he had dementia. Was it dementia and then Alzheimer's? And maybe it was Parkinson's, but... You could tell it was great. They finally got him back to that reunion in, in Bloomington, Indiana, because, you know, he was gonna was never going to set foot on that campus again. But they did. Got a standing ovation. But so many mixed emotions. You know, pray for the family right now, clearly. But, uh, you know, Bob Knight, to me, was the most mysterious, enigmatic dude ever uh, because so many people loved the guy with all their heart and swore by him. And then you saw some of the incidents that happened uh, with him coaching. Clearly, I don't know if he was bipolar or what, but what a huge figure we lost in the world of basketball yesterday. In the general, Robert Montgomery Knight. Okay, let's take a break right here. 405-651-3439. Back to Bedlam when we return. And any thoughts? you have any thoughts on the passing of Bobby Knight, hit us up on the text line, 405 651 3439, Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get there when we get back. Yes, sir. Bedlam, just a few days away. 2.30 ABC on Saturday. Mike Seeley back with you here at Cavens Group. Parker back in the Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. And again, Cavens, the very best in the business over 13 years now. We're talking about water extraction, structural drying, emergency response, mold testing, and mold removal, mold-free construction now, a new service, crime scene cleanup. You have any kind of disaster. It's pipes bursting season. There's going to be some pipes bursting here uh, with the wintry weather on the way. 
Cavens Disaster Response Group. Cavens Group is the best. 405-573-3048. Also in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Online at cavensgroup.com. By the way, hour number two, also presented by Oklahoma Generator. They are family-owned and operated. Great customer service. They are Oklahoma's most uh, experienced Generac dealer. Highest rated as well. Currently offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations. Check Oklahoma Generator out online. You might be needing one very shortly. OKGen.com or call 405-321-6631. All right, Parker, let's hit the uh, text line. Let's do it. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line we go. Indecisive Sooner says, okay, can we address the lack of Caleb Hicks lately? Why isn't he getting any snaps? What do you think there, Parker? Well, he's I, he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. And very obviously he is low down on the pecking order at running back right now because there was a freshman running back that made the cut to travel up to Lawrence last Saturday, and it wasn't Caleb Hicks. It was Dalen Smothers. So that tells you – Hicks is at least behind Smothers on the pecking order, and Smothers himself hasn't gotten a carry since the Tulsa game. So the reason Caleb Hicks isn't playing is because DeMarco Murray doesn't have confidence in him yet. Yeah, and again, we always think about just running the football when it comes into blitz protection and things like that, you know, just executing your assignment when you're not being handed the football or throwing the football. Maybe that's a part of it, too. I think we've seen, we saw Smothers break off a nice run against Tulsa. Uh, Hicks, I remember, you know, in the preseason scrimmages, you saw some good, hard, tough runs by him. So, I, you know, it's just uh, an experience thing. And usually, I look, coaches make mistakes, yes. But I'm not smart enough to sit here and tell you, well, he should be playing because I don't see him in in practice. Those coaches do. I think they're all... Pretty darn good coaches, and they just don't feel like he's ready for that situation, obviously. Uh, Sooner Man and several others on the text line have pointed out, Coach Knight was married to an Okie. That's right, Karen. That's correct. Uh, From the 972, is Saturday the day we see Austin Stogner have a big day? That is Fitty Clint from UConn. (sighs) I mean, doubtful. I don't think the uh, the tight end is just a huge part of their offense. Uh, you know, he's he's been maybe a little bit more of a factor here lately. I don't know. It, who would have a, if it's not the obvious ones, uh, you know, Nick Anderson or Jaleel Farouk or Drake Stoops, is there anybody? Brennan Thompson. Here's a guy, if you're going to run a jet sweep, uh, why not try Brennan Thompson too, right? I know Farouk, and and we've seen that obviously with uh, with Gavin Freeman as well. But I would hope that they employ the services of Brennan Thompson more in this game, just to make Oklahoma State have to respect that speed on the back end. Camo Sooner on the text line says, "My favorite Bobby Knight quote was." I would say this is a Mickey Mouse operation, but that would be an insult to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the where where it happened, but I do remember that quote. the uh, The game face video too. I don't know. That's that's on YouTube. You can find it where he was asked about. Do you think your players are going to show up with a game face on? And Knight starts making all these different game faces. 
The guy could be uh, pretty funny, but, you know, there's there's no way. It took a while for Bob Knight to be, you know, let go with the no, zero-tolerance Miles brand policy at Indiana. Knight with the behavior in this day and age, no, wouldn't have, you know, he would have been gone a long time ago. But there are a lot of people that played for throwback coaches like that. Now, the problem with Knight, he coached them hard, but he also crossed the line too many times. But it's so weird. Like I said, Ted Williams, another great friend of Bobby Knight. Uh, you know, I think he idolized Ted Williams, so they were really close. It seemed like if Knight liked you and respected you, he was a great friend. If he didn't respect you, uh, you could be right there in the line of fire. K-Dub in the 918 says, speaking of history, Steely, are you familiar with how they used to punish those guilty of treason? The K-Ref text line wants you to remember that when you make your bedlam pick. <laughs> I don't know. Was it uh, was the guillotine involved? That was a French thing more than anything else, right? I don't know. What do they do to Benedict Arnold? Gosh, I'll I have can't to go ahead. I'll go ahead and Google it up. A listener in the 405 says, if you want somebody to respect OU speed, how about having Gavin Freeman actually run a wide receiver route? I mean, they have they had him run any – how many wide receiver routes? Not that many. Not a, not a not whole lot. Not many at all. And, look, I'm not dogging Gavin Freeman on these jet sweeps at all, but it just seems like for a while they haven't been working. Um, you know, I, I think that Gavin Freeman is a really good player. He's, you know, he's clearly got speed and talent. They rave about, you know, what did Brent say in the uh, – in the – spring and leading up to the start of the season that Gavin Freeman was the best receiver that they had, uh, you know, all things considered. But I don't know how much of that is living off. I'm not talking about Brent, but I'm talking about, you know, we saw the, uh, was it the punt return? Yeah, the punt return. And then, of course, first time he scored, it was the jet sweep. Apparently a listener in the 405 says treason is the only thing you can still be hanged for. Oh, really? Okay. Well. Wow. Jeez. That might be the fate that awaits Steely, depending on how tomorrow goes. From another 405 listener, Brennan Thompson will have two TDs Saturday. There you go. Lock in that prediction from that listener in the 405. Brennan Thompson to the house twice. How many? Uh, how many snaps did he get last week? They tried to. They they did throw it to him late in the game. Obviously, maybe seven to eight snaps. What do we think the number should be? 15 for Brennan Thompson? I think I, I would like to see him get 20 snaps against Oklahoma State. I think if he plays 20 snaps, I, look, with as much man coverage as Oklahoma State is going to play, Brennan Thompson is the type of guy you need to have on the field because he's just a matchup nightmare, right? He's somebody mm-hmm. you have to account for. He's somebody that you can't – you can't just plan on somebody going man-to-man with Brennan Thompson and being able to keep him in front of them. Yeah, in, in Oklahoma State, secondary can be exploited. There's no doubt about it. The Cowboys, you know, their defense, uh, you know, the you think about uh, Nicholas Martin and Colin Oliver. You know, I know that Oliver's playing a linebacker now, but those guys are really good, and they're going to throw, force you to try and, you know, throw the ball on them and not – you know, take some shots. Those should be there for OU. So uh, we knew that they were going to miss Andrew Anthony, but I don't know that we knew that they were going to miss Andrew Anthony this much, right? 
I well, that's the thing. I don't know how much they actually miss Andrell Anthony. And look, Andrell Anthony is an excellent wide receiver. If you have your choice between having Andrell Anthony on the field and not having him on the field, you'd obviously rather ha- have him on the field, right? But I don't know that we've seen Oklahoma take the types of shots that they were taking with Andrell Anthony ever since Anthony went down. So we haven't seen a receiver try and fail to completely fill Anthony's shoes because I don't know that Jeff Lebby has given any receiver that legitimate opportunity yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And again, uh, Anthony was not only a speed demon who made some great catches downfield, but he was also making some plays on other routes as well, just a really good overall receiver. But in terms of getting a burner out there, Brennan Thompson's about as good as you can get. And, uh, you know, you stretch the field, throw the ball to Nick Anderson a bunch too, let him get out there and have a chance to make a play on him. Because guess what? He's made a lot of them. All right, uh, where are we at time-wise? I want to stay on the clock here. All right, let's take one right here. Thanks again to uh, Gary and the group here at Cabins. Disaster response is what they do, and they are the very, very best here at Cabins Group. 405-651-3439. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's keep those texts rolling in. Your thoughts on Bedlam, your thoughts on Bob Knight. You want to get a few of those in. I'm good with that, too. Got a lot of things happening. By the way, the Thunder plays their first game in the in-season tournament tomorrow night with that funky-looking new court, and their city edition kind of looks like the old uh, Golden State Warriors uniforms will debut tomorrow night when they host Golden State at 7 o'clock tomorrow. Remember, this is Nick Saban's victory song that he and uh, Terry drive home to after a big game. I mean, it is Gimme Shelter. It's one of the classics in rock and roll history. But just imagine Nick Saban driving home to this. Here we go. Be right back on the ref. It's time to hear from Chad Roof and the three-man front. Selling a lot more tickets right now than uh, Jeff Levy and the Jets. Sweepers. Uh, Ollie Gordon. In the Heisman race, mm, yeah, I mean, yes, yes, Steely should Don't be, but you're you're still seeing a lot of Michael Penix Jr., J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, Jordan Travis, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, but think about this: he should be higher on a lot of these odds lists, Parker. But if he is a big game and goes for 200 in Bedlam, scores a couple touchdowns, guess what? He's going. He's definitely going to New York if that happens. Um, but what do we? Uh, did we ever put a number on what is a good day for the Sooner defense in terms of how much yardage they give up to Ollie Gordon? We're talking about on the ground here first. Well, and that's been my big question all week because I think it's highly subjective, right? There's no cut-and-dried answer. But that's that's one of the things I've been asking all week is, in your mind, what does powering down Ollie Gordon look like? Because the guy's not going to have 12 carries for 20 yards, right? He's going to pop off a few big runs. He's going to make some stuff happen in the open field. Uh, what you hope is that if he does get loose – you limit him to 20 yards and not 60 and that you're able to limit those runs to the point where they're few and far between, as opposed to the guys regularly gashing you. Also, as I mentioned earlier, 
I think if you're Oklahoma, you're trying to jump out to an early lead to make Oklahoma State play from behind because if Oklahoma State's playing from behind, the deeper into the game it gets, the more they're going to have to go away from Ollie Gordon and lean on Alan Bowman's arm. Yeah, and, and you've seen the Cowboys are throwing the football as well. Get him in a uh, one-on-one matchup, and he's going to win a lot of those. So he's uh, dangerous in the passing game as well. But clearly, uh, if you can, again, stop Ollie Gordon, it doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, he's going to get 25 carries for 50 yards or whatever. I mean, if they do that, they'd clearly win the game. But, um, you know, I would say 125 yards is a great day against Ollie Gordon. There might be some people out there, maybe Teddy and some of the uh, the old Sooners, like, really? I don't know. But to me, that's, that's a pretty good number uh, based on what he's done lately. Let's hear from Ted Roof on uh, the Sooner defense and the challenge of trying to stop red-hot Ollie Gordon. Uh, he's a tremendous player. Uh, and, you know, he kind of got – he's gotten them going. Uh, as they started giving the ball more, uh, good things are happening. Uh, tremendous competitor, physical runner. Uh, you see him run away from people, run through a lot. He breaks a lot of tackles is what is the first thing, how hard he runs. He's a slasher. Uh, and, like, you see some clips right there. Uh, he's hard to bring down, and we're going to have to do a great job with our technique, our fundamentals, and at the same time, population at the football, and uh, get a lot of hats to the ball. And then, like I said, with the evolution of uh, Gordon, you know, I think the last three weeks it's been 29 carries, 25 carries, 29 carries. So uh, he's getting the ball quite a bit. I mean, it's a it's a tremendous challenge for us, and uh, you know, one that our guys are excited about it. At the same time, you know, we know what's in front of us, and we got we got to get it done. There you go. All right. Uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Let's get there. Slim Brady says, have Stutzman and Walker practiced this week? Uh, That's a good question, Slim Brady. Brent Venables has been – he did not – well, let me put it this way. I don't think they practiced Monday because if they had practiced Monday – Brent would have said they practiced Monday, just like he said Gentry Williams practiced Monday. So I don't think they practiced Monday. And I, as far as Walker's status, I would expect him to be available Saturday. I just don't have any clear inclination as to whether Danny Stutzman's going to go. He's one of those dudes that, like, ultimately you're probably going to have to take that decision out of his hands because he himself is going to want to play no matter how he feels. That's the same dude that they literally had to pull off the field his second game of college after he dislocated his elbow making a tackle. So <laughs> Danny Stutzman, is, like if he, if he is the one with the choice, he's going to play Saturday. I just question yeah. whether he's going to have the choice. My guess is, and again, underline the word guess, because as you said, Parker, we don't know. Brent said he was hopeful again on on Stutzman and Tommy Walker. Gentry Williams, as you mentioned, said was back at practice. Uh, Peyton Bowen, we'll have to wait and see what's happening there. But and maybe, you know, it's we'll learn in, in pregame, when they go through pregame. But, you know, Stutzman... I don't know if he's at 80%. He's still pretty effective unless he's risking further injury, you know, and he could play on a, a, a sore ankle. We'll see. But you're right. If it's up to Danny Stutzman, you may have to drag him off that field over to the bench area. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 
Another way to take advantage of wide receiver speed against man coverage is shallow crossing routes, not just deep shots and jet sweeps. That comes from a listener in the 918, and it's true. If you can get guys creating horizontal separation, mm-hmm. not just vertical separation, but, heck, separation of any kind is what you want to see from your wideouts. And the Sooners got a group of guys, Steely, that can create separation. Yeah, they do. And, you know, it feels like a lot of it lately has been, yeah, deep shot or, you know, pass out into the flat. We saw what happened with the one to Farouk last week or, you know, um, you want to see them take some intermediate shots too. They just they just weren't aggressive uh, enough last week. And like I said, could have been partially the weather. And, you know, that, that didn't look good, that pick six. But, again, Dylan Gabriel's played college football for a long time. He's capable of bouncing back from that. I don't think he was going to mentally shatter the rest of the day. And, you know, like I said, the couple factors. But they – they didn't play aggressive enough throughout the game, and particularly on that next-to-last drive uh, where it cost them. Elsewhere on the text line, Chuck the Old Fart says, don't care how many yards Ollie Gordon gets as long as his running doesn't lead to points. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, you, sometimes you never know in these games. Maybe Ollie Gordon gets 230 yards, and Oklahoma still wins the game you know, 42 to 35 or something. Who knows? Um, Crazy things happen in Bedlam football, for sure. Blacktop Billy says, we have been containing outstanding running backs all year. Yes, we will be able to contain this one at least enough to win. Uh, Is that true, Blacktop Billy? Have they been containing outstanding running backs all year? I mean, they – Neil and uh, Highshaw, you know, they didn't run for 150 each or anything, but they, you know, the defensive line <clears throat> got blocked a bunch by by KU. Uh, Brooks, I can't remember what Brooks wound up with. He had the, what was it, the 35-40 yard touchdown run. He's a really good back, but uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at, at the box on the Texas game. I'm trying to remember what Brooks got. I'll go ahead and Google it up. He had somewhere in the neighborhood of 125, to my recollection. I know he eclipsed 100 yards. From the 918, Oklahoma State is leading the conference in scoring total offense, and they are second in rushing in conference play. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're playing good football. And uh, they've beaten some teams that, you know, West Virginia, we kind of thought. And West Virginia, I'm not saying that uh, – this is a really, really good football team, but they're a lot better than we thought they were going to be, and that's a nice win in Morgantown, and Ollie Gordon went crazy that day too. Uh, you know, Kansas State, they, uh, you know, they got out to a great start and got out to a great early lead and held on against Kansas State. Kansas, you know, had a ton of success offensively, but the Cowboys were able to win that one. So I, I, it's just going to be a fascinating game Saturday, no doubt. From a nine one eight listener, powering down Ollie Gordon is keeping him and the jokes out of the end zone. Keep Oklahoma State points down. Remember, OU plays a little offense as well. Jonathan Brooks had uh, twenty two carries, one hundred and twenty nine yards in the Cotton Bowl. Averaged six yards a carry. That certainly was bolstered bolstered by the thirty uh, one yard touchdown run. Let's get one more here. 
Leatherneck Sooner says, if Tawi plays, I bet he gets more yards than Ollie Gordon. Well, if that happens, uh, there's about a 98% chance you win the football game. I, right? I would you say would if Tawi Walker outrushes Ollie Gordon, there is a 100% chance you win the football game. You know, and we played the clip from Dusty uh, Dvorak on the Oakland Breakdown in our first segment today. And I like that. He's just talking about, man, get physical again and get after somebody. We have we saw some of that on the defensive side in the Central Florida game, but they got pushed around a little bit uh, by Kansas, you know, last week. Uh, have that mentality. The Sooners, we, we knew that they were – waiting and waiting and waiting to try and uh, redeem themselves after the Dallas debacle, 49 to nothing. But and you saw the videos with Todd Bates before the game and Miguel Chavis before the game. And I'm sure they're talking those guys up in other games too. But the, the team needs to get that fire again, man. Your season is on the line. You are not going to win the Big 12. You're not going to sniff the college football playoff. And you're going to be remembered – as the team that lost the last Bedlam, unless you get going in this football game, those are three pretty big things to lose if you're uh, if you're not you know ready to play and inspired to play. I, I think they will be fired up this weekend, though. I really do. They ought to be. There's no reason. Yeah, if you can't get up for this, last (laughs) bedlam ever. Yeah, there is so much at stake here for both teams, not just on the field, but in terms of pride, long term, Steely. You're only going to hear about it for the rest of your life on either side. (laughs) So that's it. Like I said, your tombstone. He lost the last bedlam. Think about that. All right, break time right here at Cavens Group. Great to be out here on a Thursday with Gary and the crew. We'll take a final time out right here. We're going to get locked in at 2 o'clock. Stay with us here in the ref. All right, we are back. Another note uh, about Riverwind Casino because you guys have a week left to try and win a trip to the uh, Big 12 championship game. Riverwind's giving away five, all right? Get out and play with your uh, wild card on specific machines, they are designated machines, the awesome games machines out at Riverwind Casino. If you can't find them, they're pretty easy to find. They've got the uh, final championship uh, countdown logo on the machine. But if you need help, Riverwind's got a ton of people there that are super friendly that will show you the way to those machines. And rack up as many points on those machines as you can. And then if you're in the top five when they tally, the final point standings, November 9th, a week away. You are going to win one of five trips to Arlington for the Big 12 championship game. And you're going to get your airfare, your hotel stay, ground transportation, everything taken care of. Obviously, the tickets as well. And Riverwind's also going to give you $500 in cash. So get on out there, participate. You've got a week left in the final championship countdown. Look for the awesome games Gaming machines, they're marked, and again, if you can't find them, ask one of the friendly uh, people out at Riverwind Casino. They'll show you the way to those machines where they are on the brand-new gaming floor, and you could win a trip to Arlington for the Big 12 Championship. Okay, 405-651. By the way, top 12 for the Sooners on uh, Jonah Williams, the five-star linebacker in uh, the uh, 2025 class. I mean, it's in the top 12, but this kid from Galveston, Texas, I'm sure you guys will talk about him during Locked In, Parker. 
I mean, I'm sure we will. I just I I refuse to regard a top twelve as news. If it is not yeah. a top five or fewer, I do not care. Yeah, in the in the top twelve, it was OU, LSU, Tennessee, Muleshoe, Texas, TCU. Wait, Muleshoe? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Alabama, Oregon, OU, Ohio State, and Colorado. So there you go. But that's twenty twenty five. But he's highly rated. I'm hearing the uh, song Galveston in my head too. One of the all-time classics by Glenn Campbell. I didn't right. even know there was a song called Galveston. Oh, it's good, Parker. It's good. I bet your dad's listened to it before. 405-651-3439. Jeff from OKC on the text line says, Oh, you beats the Pokes. Kansas State beats Texas. Washington beats USC. Anything else that would make the weekend any better? Muleshoe takes the Raiders job. You know, uh, the question has been thrown out there, you know, SC beating Washington would actually help Oklahoma, but the pure driven hatred's a really strong word. The dislike of Muleshoe and USC, I, there's no way I can root for USC. No way. From the, the 405, where was Gordon and Okie State's first four games? Well... That's what uh, that's, 19 carries. Uh huh. That's what I'm sure everybody, every single Oklahoma State fan in particular, is wondering more and more as the weeks go by. Why didn't we force feed this guy against freaking South Alabama? That game was one of the most embarrassing in Oklahoma State history. I don't know. You know, you can talk about Central Michigan or whatever, but and South Alabama I understand they get some guys in the portal and stuff like that but just to be absolutely crushed like the Cowboys were in that game um but give my gundy credit man they figured things out but I still think there was some coaching malpractice going on early in the season there EJ from Louisiana says this may be the game where Levy is overly aggressive and it will either pay off big or hurt really bad they're going to be more aggressive this week. The question is, you know, can they execute what they're trying to do? Uh, can they give Dylan Gabriel the protection he needs? You know, on deeper shots, you only need, you know, it's not like you need uh, a ton of time. But uh, I think Dylan Gabriel obviously is also going to be a, a big weapon in the run game again because he's had to be, and I think he will need to be again this weekend. Looking at Bedlam, this comes from a listener in the 918. I'll be stunned if Lebby doesn't air it out a lot. lot. Oklahoma State has a bad pass defense, and Lebby will commit coaching malpractice if we have another game like last weekend. OU has the better players, so go show it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, sometimes you can have the better roster and the better players and and not get the job done. The biggest thing for me is I want to see again uh, Stutzman's availability, Tommy Walker's availability, how much Peyton Bowen can play. It looks like Gentry Williams is going to be good to go. He's been at practice. But, man, those are some really significant injuries. So hopefully they'll be uh, be good to go by the time the game rolls around. Okay, got to get out of here. Parker and Tyler McComas going to get you locked in coming up next. Everybody congratulate T.J. Perry on the Texas Rangers World Series Championship. He's very happy. And Bronx as well. They deserve it. Want to thank Gary and the great crew here at Cavens Group. They are awesome.
and uh, they have the best reputation in the business, disaster response, and they now also have the mold-free construction as a new service. Cavens Group, 405-573-3048, and Tulsa, 918-282-7612, online at cavensgroup.com. Have a great Thursday.